Good evening, Bears fans, and welcome to this Monday night edition of the CHGO Bears After Dark, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. What's going on, everybody? Will DeWitt, Greg Braggs Jr., and Nicholas Moriano here. Again, this is the CHGO Bears After Dark. I don't care that it's the offseason. We're keeping this train rolling throughout the entirety of it. Very excited to have these guys here and just talk more Chicago Bears. What's up, fellas? How we doing? Nothing much, Will. Well, you guys know how I'm doing. I have Sesame Street songs in my head from having <laughs> countless loop of videos on my screen today. So that's pretty much how I'm doing. I don't know if that's good, bad. I'm going to just probably find the middle ground and say it's okay. It's okay. Well, I, mean, I can't say that I know any of them. It's better than Coco Melon. I'm trying my best to stay away from that. Like <laughs> I've heard from friends who have like kids around, you know, like toddlers, like, they just like they gravitate towards Coco Melon. Once you start Coco Melon, there's no like taking Coco Melon away. So I am refraining hard from introducing that to this house. It's a wise decision. I've never heard of Coco Melon you, until you know just what? about like 30 seconds ago. So I'll get there. I know I'll get there at some <laughs> point. But no pressure. But one day Mellon. it'll cross your door. <laughs> <laughs> oh man nick how was your weekend by the way i know you did a show earlier and you guys are all catching up i'm just curious i know we yeah. had our show on friday afternoon but yeah did you trying those recipes today, yet in your book it was a good show uh yeah i mean if, yeah. uh yeah I'm, I'm glad i'm not People gonna be on in the studio on wednesday the afternoon show saying i'm from kentucky that you know, wasn't that, me now you were laughing <laughs> You were laughing. I'm like, wait, Greg's in Indiana. He's like an hour away. Kentucky? What? Uh, but good weekend. We uh, kind of did some re... I'm like, my setup is slightly over to the right because now my girlfriend's got her desk in here. So we kind of have the office. Oh. Now it's not just my office. It's oh. the office for everybody. So I had to do some rearranging and... Yeah, but it's been good. It was laid back, watched the... Actually helped my brother. I was a wingman uh last night just kind of helping him out so dan i know you're not watching but i got you (laughs) there you go go. Uh, that's that's always fun dan the man over there getting help from his big brother nick i love that the chat is literally about like kid shows now i see teletubbies being mentioned from (laughs) cliff gary's bringing up baby shark and ping fong we have Phineas and fur paw patrol yeah we're starting this monday night on the right (laughs) foot let me tell you, and of course, uh, Gary also mentioned Nick has to pop the question first before he gets to be introduced <laughs> to the Coco Melon world. Let's put Nick right on the spot. I know. Put him, put him yeah, you're the in the office now. And... So. In the <laughs> office, yeah. Yep. You see, you're sharing a house. Now you're sharing an office. It's, you're making the gradual steps forward. I love it. And then we'll be watching Coco Melons. <laughs> You'll blink, man. You're going to blink. Life it, it comes at you fast. But uh, I'm glad your office is you know, slightly changed. It reminded me, I've been watching that 90s show. It's like on that 70s show, there's an episode when they redo the basement and they just move everything mm-hmm. like two inches to the left. It's like the shtick there because they actually didn't want to change it. The kids didn't. So then Leo, the hippie, just moved everything two inches to the left. I think about the office. Shows, where Dwight and Jim have their desks really close and some of Jim's stuff is overlapping on his desk yeah. and he takes the ruler and just wipes all the stuff out that's crossing the line. That's 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 what it makes me think of. That's and a then, good episode. And then, Greg, I saw you went to a concert with the missus. Uh, yeah, almost, like almost towards your neck of the woods, right? Yeah, I think past uh, me, right? You went down to Evansville? Yeah, well, the tickets were cheapest. We saw our favorite country band, Old Dominion. 
and we like to be like right up close on at the in the pit first row kind of thing and um they weren't really around us so we we found some tickets in evansville which was a trip but the the tickets plus hotel was cheaper than if we went to like champaign illinois so uh money wise it was smarter to go down there and it was a lot of fun a lot of fun. that's just straight down 41 for you huh yeah literally just one straight shot down 41 nice scenic route no <laughs> snow to drive really through is. either i know everybody's <laughs> giving me crap today here on the chgo team i driving in snow we're all tough guys now driving in the snow you know it's dangerous okay adam yeah it is real quick you guys have uh i was talking to mark and adam before the show yeah before the show last of us will have you you have you seen you you tell me what to do you tell me what to do because i bought the game years ago and that's when aj moved in with us and so he was four so it literally has not been unsealed like i bought it the week before he moved in so it's still sitting there i can throw it in my ps5 i can play it should i play it then watch it or should i just watch it Oh, man, that's a good question because the the show does a really good job of kind of sticking to the game. There's some little differences there, but mm, that's I mean, maybe the chat might have to answer this. Should Will play the game first and or watch the series first? Because they're both really good. You're going to enjoy it either way. But uh, we were talking about it. Adam wasn't a fan of the second episode. It's a little slower, but it'll, it'll gradually pick up. But I didn't realize uh, it was fantastic. a game first. I've mm-hmm. been hearing yeah. so much about it. I knew it was a, a good show or people are enjoying it. I had no idea it was a game first. Yeah, it was intense mm -hmm. game. Yeah, put on the headphones in the dark. Mm -mm. I literally got it. I got a PS4. So I had the Xbox One, bought a PS4 for a couple games. And that was one of them I specifically bought it for. It was like that, the Uncharted series. There was Mm -hmm. something else in there. And then you have, you bring in kids to your life and you realize quickly they shouldn't be watching you play those games because they start repeating things and you don't like it. So that was a, that was a moment. But yeah, I, I would definitely kind of let the, the chat roll and see what will go. The show would spoil the game. That's a good point. I think that's mm-hmm. a really good yep, point. But also, I've been sitting on this game for over five years now. So True. we have to you know, <laughs> pros and cons. Pros and cons. All right, guys. I know we have a kind of a hard hour here today, and we have a lot of Bears talk uh, that I want to get to, and I'm sure you guys do, and I'm sure everyone in the chat, everyone listening to the podcast, are like, talk about some Bears. And uh, I'm right there with you. So something I saw over the last few days, was that the Bears did some of their own individual in-house like end-of-season awards, uh, which is awesome. Uh, Justin Fields won the team MVP as well as Offensive Player of the Year. Eddie Jackson won Defensive Player of the Year. And then Jaquan Brisker was the team's Rookie of the Year. And what I love about this is Nick and I, over the past six-plus years, after every season, we've done like an end-of-season awards show, which we haven't done on our CHGO Audible Days on Friday because, quite frankly, after you earn the first overall pick, I don't know what kind of like awards you can hand out. But I was going through our list, and I found some that were more like superlative-based that I feel good about handing out here. So I wanted us to kind of go around the horn, bring old Chicago Audible superlatives back, and talk about who would fit under these categories. So we have... I think five on my list and we'll begin this discussion with the most improved Chicago bear this season. Uh, usually it's from one season to the other. However, while you were kind of preparing for the show, if it was like an in-season improvement, I, I think that's very fair game too. So I'm going to go to Greg first. Who's the most improved bear in your eyes this season? Yeah, that's exactly where I went with it. Cause like, I was really trying to think of like who improved over last year to this year and had a really tough time 
even like identifying that player without really mm-hmm. stretching as far as I can. I'd be throwing my back out. I'd be stretching so hard trying to find the most improved <laughs> player from last year to this year. Um, so I went with in-season improvement, and it was Kyler Gordon. Because mm-hmm. if you looked Love at it. the beginning of the year, we we talked about it a few times on the post-game shows, like kind of like, hey, should they sit him down? Is he overwhelmed? They're trying to play him in different spots. He's getting beat. They're attacking him. Uh, you know, the quarterbacks were certainly eyeballing him on crucial third down plays a few times. I can remember in the slot, him giving up crucial first downs early in the season. Then we get to the end of the year and, you know, I, I agreed with Eddie Jackson being, um, you know, the defensive player of the year. I agreed with Jack Sanborn being rookie of the year. And this is where I went with Kyler Gordon being most improved. And I just think it's such a testament to how solid this secondary is and something they can really build on as a defense going into next season. And I'm really excited for when they can actually get a pass rush, how much better they can be next year. So, you know, Kyler Gordon at the end of the year had, you know, back-to-back games with interceptions against quality Mm -hmm. opponents, just out there, you know, battling and, and battled through some really tough times to start the year. You know, obviously we all understood as fans, he has a lot of talent. You're not going to, you know, write him off because, you know, he's, they're going after him, you know, as a rookie, but for him to improve, as a rookie after those struggles. And like I said, not only improve from that aspect, but the fact that it was the worst defensive line in Chicago bears franchise history as will brought the stats out, you know, but by the end of the season, the least amount of sacks by a defensive line in Chicago bears history. And that works hand in hand with the pro- productivity of a cornerback. So I got to give it to Kyler Gordon for my uh, most improved player in season. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, I like that one a lot. I think, you know, using that frame and you explained it well, and I really don't have any disagreements there. I went from year to year. Nick, what did you do in season or year to year? I went year to year. Did you do the guy that's already been mentioned in the chat? Because that's uh, my guy. By Gary? Yeah. Yep. Cole Komet. Uh, Cole Komet. I, I think that's a great one. And I'm not surprised that we kind of aligned here. <laughs> I, I know it's like dr- catches went down. He went from 60 in 2021 mm-hmm. down to 50. But the target share, like his actual ability to catch like the targets have just drastically improved. He had 93 targets in 2021, 69 this year. I was waiting for it. There you go, Nick. Uh, but then uh, just a seven touchdowns. It's like really just what jumps out on paper. He had two his rookie season. The big goose egg, of course, a year ago, which we talked about, I think, in more than in depth throughout the entire offseason uh, as we're looking for Cole Komet. Like, what does he need to do? in year three and the big one that everyone identified and kept coming back to is like, he needs to find scoring production and, and by golly, he had it. The seven touchdowns were fourth most of all tight ends. Uh, and for him, I think he also took steps forward as a blocker this season, a leader on this team. Uh, you mentioned Nick, uh, how does, I guess, good he's been with the media. I know I could have said that better mm-hmm. uh, throughout the entire season too. He was, you know, the good guy. Uh, so I think there's a lot of ways uh, that you can, you know, look at Cole Komet and say he was like the most improved player. And uh, I didn't want to steal all the thunder. Hopefully you have a little bit more to add there, Nick. Yeah, just really quickly on the touchdowns too. He's tied for third in the NFL in red zone touchdowns with with six of those seven being in the red zone. Five players tied with six. And obviously you have Kelsey as the outlier with 10, that freak of nature that he is. But even though like the number of receptions were down, like you just mentioned, well, it's like you feel a lot better about Cole Komet this season than you would have last season. And it's because of the touchdown production. And, you know, also as a blocker, too, Matt Eberflus praised Cole Komet so much throughout the season on his blocking, what he's capable of doing. The Bears finished first in 
rushing yards for a reason. Obviously, Justin Fields and some of the explosive runs have, but you need blockers out there too. So uh, Cole Komet showed that he can be well-rounded. The last touchdown that the Bears scored this season kind of embodies what Cole Komet can still do for do as a player. He breaks a tackle, puts his arm down on the ground, is fighting for those extra yards, those yards after catch, and is able to get into the end zone. And that's what you like to see from Cole Komet, who I think is an ascending player uh, for the Bears organization, hopefully for Justin Fields moving forward. And if Cole was watching playoff football this weekend, learn a thing or two from Dalton Schultz. Don't go backwards out of bounds when you're trying to you know, keep that clock. And then also don't get lazy and make sure you get two feet down when you're catching that ball along yeah. the sidelines. That was mm-hmm. wow. Like Dalton Schultz, I know has had a slightly down year compared to years past, but to see that in a big moment, man, like I was texting a few buddies about that. Like I was like really incredible down the stretch for the Cowboys, but I talked about it last week. I love good Cowboys choking the playoffs. So it was, it was, <laughs> yeah. it was kind of fun uh, to well, watch too. William Kane brings up in the chat, Eddie Jackson easily yes. most improved. I mean, we could have, we could have all mm-hmm. went there, but he was yeah. named defensive player of the year by the team. That was why I tried to pick somebody outside of Eddie Jackson, but I completely agree with you. Will. I mean, you want to talk about a guy that a lot of Bears fans were ready to, you know, run him out of town. Right and yep. and this guy not only improved on the field, but his leadership within the locker room was a big thing. So I'm right there with you, Will. I think uh, I'm really excited for them. I really hope they they look at him as a foundational piece going forward, along with uh, Cole Komet, like you mentioned. I know some people aren't too big on Cole either. Numbers speak for themselves in a down year offensively for the Bears. So both those guys on offense – and defense were bright spots, even if there was a lack of lack of bright spots on this team this year. <laughs> yep, but, but at least we we had some. We're able to identify a couple. a couple here. That's right. <laughs> uh, let's go to the next one. And Nick, I'll let you start since you are last on the first round. Who was your letdown player of the year? Yeah, and you know Gary and I are not two for two with these uh, players. I have Travis Gibson as my letdown player of the year, just because of what we saw last season, the sack production. Uh, just just looking like an ascending player, but I don't know if it was a scheme, if it was just a combination of things, if just being more of the starting role. But Travis Gibson, in ter- especially in terms of providing pass rush for a team that desperately needed it, just didn't provide it whatsoever. And now you're in question about whether or not, like, is he even a guy that will be a part of this team moving forward? I think he will end up being, but we need to see something out of Travis Gibson, especially because his second year in the league showed some promise. And now... We've taken some major steps back. I know when just talking to him in the locker room, he said it's not all about the sacks and, you know, there are other phases of the game that I'm still working on. And he still feels confident that he can, you know, be better. He did ultimately call it in the last after the last game like a letdown for himself. But we need to see hopefully Travis Gibson go back to being that ascending player that I thought he was going to be going into into this season. Yeah, and we didn't do ourselves any favors by looking at that leap he took from year one to year two, projecting Matt Eberflus being a defensive coach, projecting his track record of making, you know, not household names produce at a high level. And we all talked ourselves into a huge leap for Travis Gibson this Mm -hmm. past season. Didn't happen, which of course leads to a big old letdown. So I think that's a perfect one. He was on my short list too. Nick, what about you, Greg? Yeah, I mean, that's where I kind of you know, try to phrase this because personal expectations shouldn't like, is it a personal letdown or a realistic letdown? Cause I'm Either. seeing in the chat, Bayless Jones, a lot of fans would go to that, but if you're being realistic about it, he's a third round wide receiver, you know, mm-hmm. what are your real less, what were your realistic expectations for him going into the year? Of course he had a down or a 
a letdown of a season, but what was his responsibility? Same with Travis Gibson. It's like, yeah, you could go to him, but what were your expectations? This guy who he's a, he's a role player. He's not a star, you know? So what were your realistic expectations for Travis Gibson? Of course he should have had a better year. The whole defensive line should have. And that's a product. I mean, look at Roy Robertson Harris. Remember that guy? Now all of a sudden he's playing well with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I'm not willing to, you know, be down on role players that I think will be better once they get talent around them. The guy I'm looking at, and maybe some will be mad at me for saying this, but Darnell Mooney, that's a guy I had high expectations mm-hmm. for. This is a guy that had 1,200 yards receiving next to Allen Robinson, was ready to be a breakout star in this league to some Bears fans in their eyes. Then you can, other Bears fans will tell you he's a two or a three wide receiver, but depending on where you slot him. But regardless, a guy that should be able to get production. I'm looking at his numbers. He had 40 catches for 493 yards and two touchdowns. And it's not the two touchdowns that I remember most. It's the one he dropped to win the game against the commanders. I'm thanking him now because it would have cost us the number one pick in the draft. But at the time we all about had a meltdown when we were live for that whole game in the CHGO studios, this is one of your foundational pieces and you want to talk about a letdown year. Darnell Mooney, I think, would be the first to tell you he had a letdown. And then, of course, he gets injured at the end of the year. So now his future, you know, and how he's going to come off of that is in question. That, to me, is the biggest letdown. You know, and I hate that because I root for Darnell Mooney. The player is a great dude. Great. You know, I think he has all the ability in the world. But 40 catches, 493 yards, and two touchdowns. Again, understand it's the product around him. No offensive line. Not many wide receivers that are going to take double teams off of him. But at the end of the day, that's a guy I did have high expectations for, and he didn't meet those. Yeah, and he only had those 27 yards in the first, what, three weeks? Like, it was a very mm-hmm. slow start for Darnell Mooney, too. So I think, And then, of course, an injury happened, and not that he could have prevented that, but there's just multiple reasons why he could have been let down by the player. You kept saying, like, what were your expectations for Bayless? And I remember I wrote a season preview article for him. So I looked up what I thought he would do his rookie year. I had projected 45 catches, 500 yards, four touchdowns. I, I think he let Which me would down. have been more than what Darnell Mooney got this year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He? <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, you can. I, I think you can have a whole laundry list of players that let us down. The number one player on my short list, though, this year, uh, for some reason, kept coming up was Lucas Patrick. Uh, and it could have mm-hmm. been, again, a little bit of our fault for talking him up so much throughout the offseason about being, you know, that upgrade at center. And he's going to make that whole offensive line gel. And, he's, and I, again, I always talk. And I applaud his leadership. I do think he's well-respected in that locker room. Uh, but I think Lucas Patrick, whether he, it be him splitting reps, whenever he was playing, he wasn't even like playing that well. And then, of course, missing a good chunk of the year with an injury. There's just a lot of reasons why Lucas Patrick didn't end up being the player I think a lot of us hoped he could have been coming from Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, he's my letdown player of the year. My backup, by the way, is Byron Pringle. So I went back-to-back like oh, free right. agency additions right. for the Bears here this year. All right, most overrated bear. I think this is one I had like the most difficulty with because there weren't a lot of players that I thought we were like rating highly that maybe had it unfairly, but I don't know, Nick, you're making a face. Maybe I overlooked someone who's overrated. Um, Look, I'm going to preface by saying I like the player and Greg don't hurt me, but I think when I was thinking about this, it was a little tough. Like, like I didn't think there were a lot of players to, to mention here, but I'm going with Khalil Herbert as the most, overrated player and what i why i'm kind of i putting him in this slot again i like the player i like khalil herbert he's a good runner but is he a good all-around running back 
after what now two seasons with the Bears. I think he still needs to work on his his hands, his pass catching ability. And also pass blocking, it's it's not easy to pick up. And obviously when you're not the feature back, you're not getting as many reps uh, as you would if you're the number one. But I just still think there's layers to his game that he still needs to improve on. And he definitely can. But I feel like if you're going, and we mentioned this on the show earlier today, if you're going into next year with Khalil Herbert, and let's just say it's Tristan Ebner as your running backs, like yeah, Will's face says it all. If you're if you're just if you're watching the podcast, you're not feeling too good about that. But you know, I think he still can obviously improve in those two areas that I was specifically talking about. But that's who I have as my overrated player, a guy that I do like. Now right. I'm gonna go hide. You don't have to hide. Don't worry about it. I think. I'm not going to say you're right, but I can understand why you came to that conclusion. I already saw mine in the chat, so I'll throw it. Gary had it too. You're just sinking down lower and lower. Oh my God, my quads are killing me. Oh God. <laughs> oh God. ready for you, Nick. I'm just <sighs> being patient. <laughs> uh, I went with Santos, though. I went with Cairo. Just uh, And again, Ooh, just okay. this season specifically. Uh, and it's, like, it's hard to. I guess follow up like the type of seasons he's had in like the past one or so for the Bears, but coming in, missing a couple field goals. Really, what hurt me the most is missing those extra points. Like that hurt a few of the games that the Bears were in this year. And a good chunk of those came at Soldier Field, too. So I think that does diminish you know the value that you have if you can't be a consistent clutch kicker at home. So for me, to keep it kind of brief, I thought Cairo Santos is a little overrated compared to what I thought he could have been more of a I guess candidate for letdown player, but that's where I slotted him here. What about you, Greg? I know it's probably Khalil Herbert too, right? Wink. Yeah. Um, well, again, it's about expectations, right? You know, and to me, the most overrated bear on this team without question is David Montgomery without question. And Adam Hogue hates me for this. We go, he, we go <laughs> at it during every game, every carry, whether it's David or Khalil, we're what it's every whether it's a positive run or a negative run it we're going at each other either way whether it's david having a good run or a bad run or khalil having a good run or a bad run whatever uh and it's this kind of tug of war but to me this this whole idea that david montgomery is like the heart and soul of this team i appreciate his work ethic i do but if he's such a you know, leader in this locker room. Why wasn't he named captain amongst his team there? They vote that they voted Cody Whitehair. Yeah. Well, offensive line is important. The offensive line was terrible. And Cody Whitehair has not been good for years now on the bears. And he was named captain ahead of David Montgomery. Yeah. Justin Fields is going to get named captain. That that's a good thing. He should be the leader. So should David Montgomery. And I just found it weird. <laughs> then they lose Robert Quinn. And then David Montgomery still isn't, the voted captain by the players. I didn't know if they just went who was next in line there, but I'd be interested to know how far down David Montgomery is on this list. Cause mm. if he's such, such an important heart and soul to this team, why wasn't he named captain? Then you talk about the production on the field. Cause everybody first goes to this heart and soul thing that I'm just not buying. Then you go to the production on the field, 201 carries for 801 yards, an average of four yards a carry and only five touchdowns on the year. You guys may know this stat because we've, we've talked about it a few times on the shows, but I'll quiz you just in case if you haven't heard it yet. How many runs of over 20 yards did David Montgomery have on the season? Do either of you know the answer to this question? 
Sick. Nick got it right. He had one Dang carry it. for over 20 yards. He 201 carries, and he can't stumble his way into more than one for over 20 yards. Hard yards. He gets the hard yards. You can get a guy undrafted that will get you the hard yards. Let's be let's be real about this. That's what the NFL is nowadays. They run running backs out that nobody besides a guy like Saquon's getting a big deal. They m- most running backs they just dime a dozen. They're going to get one at the end of the draft and he'll be just as productive as the next one. I think we're just as a fan base, we are overstating David Montgomery's importance to this team because we like him a lot. I like him a lot. He took a great picture with my daughter last offseason, but I still can be objective about who he truly is as a player. And I'm sorry, I just don't. Yeah, we all see how you know professional he. Yeah, exactly. It, he just doesn't fit in this run zone scheme. And you know who does is the guy that Nick picked with Khalil Herbert. But we'll get to him in a little bit on the next topic because to me, I just I know I'm long winded here, but I I feel very strongly about it. And I know a lot of fans get upset. We talk about the pass blocking with Khalil Herbert. David Montgomery had two fumbles on the season, both in crucial moments of games. Two, by the way, lost both of them. You know, so I just I you know to me. I just, I'm, I'm going to be careful about how much I'm paying David Montgomery to come back next year when I believe his numbers are easily replaceable. Yeah. And don't forget. As Super Herbert. Nick just took the words right out of my mouth. Thank you. We <laughs> there are it on is. The same page. Bingo. <laughs> and not Nick on the podcast, Super Nick 2006 Super in Nick. the chat for those listening uh, at home. But you're right. No, Herbert had four runs of 20 or more, two runs of 40 plus, and his average is almost two more yards per carry last season. So I, I think there's a lot of, a lot of truth there. You're speaking from a number standpoint. Uh, he was on my short list, but didn't make it, uh, which is good. Cause that gave us some other people to talk about here on this show, but you talked about it up next is the most underrated bear. And Greg, I think you kind of, you know, showed your hand a bit. You're going to go with Show Herbert on hand. underrated. I'm going Khalil Herbert because with Nick picking him overrated, see a lot of people in chat. I see people every day, Adam Hogue too. I can't pass block. You can't pass block. You can't pass block. Well, guess what? He's a productive running back who gets the yards that he's not just hard yards. He gets lots of yards, 129 carries for Khalil Herbert. David Montgomery had 72 more carries and he had, uh, you know, Khalil Herbert had 731 yards. So they basically had the same amount of yards and uh, Khalil Herbert had 70 less than him you know, uh, 70, 70 less carries and only 70 less yards total. So almost a six yard per carry average at 5.7, only four touchdowns. I find that to be disappointed, but offense isn't getting into the red zone enough. We all know that. So, you know, hard to pin it against either running back when you talk about touchdowns, but at the end of the day, they both were about even and touchdowns and everybody just goes at it. Uh, ad nauseum. When we talk about his pass blocking, I understand he had a couple bad moments, uh, where, you know, you know, Justin Fields, you know, can't get it loose because Khalil Herbert's getting blown up and we all spotlight it as we're watching the game and talk about it on Twitter. But no fumbles lost for Khalil Herbert. None in big moments, right? You know, so, you know, what does Matt Eberflus always say? He talked about with Jalen Johnson. How are you going to make the Pro Bowl? Well, you got to be productive. It's not just about being there and being available. You got to have the numbers. And to me, Khalil Herbert's got a better chance of getting those numbers, being productive than a guy like David Montgomery. And Nick said it, he can improve as a pass blocker. If you believe that as someone that analyzes the game, do you believe that David Montgomery can be any more than the running back he's showed over the last three years? 
to me, the things that Khalil Herbert needs to prove up upon are possible. And the things that we wish David Montgomery could do, he is who he is. Khalil Herbert, if he cleans up the pass blocking, is there's no question he's a better running back than David Montgomery. So I'm going Khalil Herbert, most underrated bear, because he's the one everyone draws the ire from, from the fans. I, I shouldn't do this, Greg, but I'm going to give you a little ammunition I just in case it. you have some the of these animal. conversations in the future. The so if you throw up PFF and you look up pass blocking grades for running backs this past season, out of all the running backs protecting quarterbacks, David Montgomery ranks 80th uh, with a grade of 57.4. Khalil Herbert is worse at 90th, though, at 54.4. It's not that big of a difference. They're, and again, so grades at PFFs well. are, no, they're both very bad. And then the, uh, my and, question would be to that, 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 and I'm glad you brought that up, because my question would be to that is, David Montgomery's probably in on more third downs, right? Or would it be the other way around? Because that's what I'm trying splits, to do. No, they probably I, wouldn't have Herbert. I don't think so, because, I mean, he hasn't proven. That's I mean, that's where you're going to obviously have someone to block, or you leak out to pass. So I think David's Ooh. been in. What we should do is look at the games that Montgomery is out and see what Herbert did on those third downs. Uh, that would be a good experiment or a good inside one. research for, uh, for us to do here. For the sake of time, though, because I know we have a hard hour and already at the 20-minute mark, we're going to kind of move on here real quick. Greg and Nick, <laughs> over to you for your most underrated. Underrated? I'm going with Jalen Johnson here, and I think I put underrated in terms of how the Nash, the rest of the league kind of views okay. Jalen Johnson. And I know, like, obviously he needs to have the production to be recognized as a player that can get into the Pro Bowl. But, you know, I, I like the the new list that they came out with the, I think it's the All-Pros that the NFL players put out now, where the your peers are ranking, are starting to uh, rank whether or not you're one of the better players in the league. I think after next year's season, Jalen Johnson will be ranked on one of those. When the at, wide receivers are asking, hey, what cornerbacks are tough to go against? Jalen Johnson may not get the interception. I think he's, he needs to start to, but I think you can be a you can be a ball production type of corner, or you can be like an eraser. You take away someone from a game, and that's where kind of Jalen Johnson's kind of leaning towards someone like that. Not getting the ball production, obviously, you'd love to see it, but Jalen Johnson, in, in terms of going and comparing him to other corners, you don't hear his name very often. But he is obviously one of the better players on the Bears, and he's going to get his recognition here. But when you go league-wide, I don't think you hear much of Jalen Johnson's name. All right. I'm going with J.J. too, Nick. I really am. Jalen Jones uh, as my wow. ah, underrated player of the year. Uh, there's probably you know, Blackwell could maybe go up there too, but I think Blackwell got a lot more recognition where Jones kind of flew under the radar. And I know a lot of people like to pick out that one really bad game that Jalen Jones had against the Vikings. And I said it before, I'll say it again. Nobody in that Bears defense had a good game against the Vikings earlier this season. Not one single player. And outside of that, I thought Jalen Jones played at a really good clip. Uh, just looking at like pass ratings given up this year, Jones gave up the fifth uh, highest, uh, I guess, would be the way to look at it, but there's only like eight players. So he's five out of eight. Kendall Vildor had the most at 112. Kyler Gordon, 110. Jalen Johnson, 96. And then there you see Jalen Jones at a 90.7 when targeted. So I like Jalen Jones. I thought he had some really good games. He was stringing together. Uh, and he, to me, was one of the most underrated players on the team. All right. Last one, real quickly. Surprise player of the year. Which player surprised you? I don't care if it's somebody that wasn't on your radar preseason. That ended up being a bigger contributor than they thought, or if it was an in-season surprise, 
maybe a combination of the two. Greg, I'll go to you first. Who surprised you the most? I think this is an easy one. Jack Sanborn. You know, I'm beating up, you know, Adam Hogue a little bit in the in the running back debate, but he called it with Jack Sanborn as soon as the Bears got him, you know, being a Wisconsin dude. Um, Jack Sanborn came out and not only surprised us, I mean, he shocked me. I mean, he's he's doing it. He was doing everything Roquan Smith was doing. Look at what Roquan just got paid. A very good player. But I didn't see much of a fall, drop off. In, in fact, you almost saw some things that were a little better as far as filling the gaps, you know, putting his head down, even if, when the block, not trying to avoid the block, but take on and, and suck up that blocker and just blow the whole play up and go through it instead of going around it. I think Jack Sanborn kind of was like, a, you know, running around with his hair on fire and, you know, obviously has a lot to prove as an undrafted guy, but. Uh, I'm really excited to see what Jack Sanborn can do next year. Now, Mark Carmen did point out, hey, they could have played together. They could have put Sanborn and Roquan together, and that would have been something interesting to see, which we never got to. So that is a you know a fair part of the discussion when you're comparing them, Jack versus Roquan. But overall, when we trade Ro- Roquan, we're like, oh, this defense is going to give up a lot. And then all of a sudden, Jack Sanborn was out there making plays. So I'm definitely going to go with Jack, and I think he's – one of those bright spots when we go into next year. I don't think it was a facade. I think it's something that we're going to see again next year when the season starts. Yeah. Nick, how about you? Same player, Jack Sanborn. Uh, I think Greg, you did a great job of encapsulating exactly what we meant. Honestly, when he took the starting role, it's like, yeah, he's going to get tackles, but he's not going to be like that. No way I was expecting that. Should just listen to, to Adam from the beginning, but I'm looking forward to seeing how we can build off of this rookie season going into year two. And cool, I, didn't I'm not gonna... bring up, I didn't even bring up the numbers. It was just about, it's kind of that, you know, it when you see it kind of thing Yeah, with him, yep. like he just has that look. So sorry. Well, I just want to throw that. No, out. you're, you're good. I just want to make sure we stay a little bit uh, on schedule, but I had Jack Sanborn, number one, Braxton Jones, number two, Jalen Jones, three, and Josh Blackwell, four. Uh, I saw from Kyle in the chat mentioned Braxton Jones. When I was looking this up, I did not know he had the best offensive grade uh, PFF of all rookie offensive tackles. He, he beat his whole draft class out, uh, which I, it surprised me a little bit to see, uh, but I think it's a really encouraging sign uh, without question. All right, so coming up, we're going to play a game. Uh, we're going to play a few rounds. I don't have a name for it. Literally, the name I put in my notes is free agent signing game. It's really lame, so we need to find a, a better name for this segment in a few seconds. But before we get to it, uh, I need to share a message from our partners over at Shady Rays because they never understood why sunglasses were so expensive. So they set out to change it. You don't have to break the bank for quality sunglasses this fall because our friends at Shady Rays have you covered. They are premium polarized shades. They featured world-class optical clarity, substantial durability, and styles catered to everyone and every lifestyle. And the best part about Shady Rays is their lost and broken replacement program. It doesn't matter if you lose your break, your shades in day one, 10, or 100. They will replace them, no questions asked. And of course, I want to be a Shady Raids ad read without making sure to highlight that they provide 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every single order place, and they have donated over 20 million meals today. Great shades, great people over there at Shady Raids. So for our listeners, Shady Raids, they're running their deepest deal of the season. Use code CHGO, and that will get you 50% off two or more pairs at ShadyRays.com. Buy one, get one free. You can get two pairs for as low as $54. Redeem only at ShadyRays.com, where you can find all of their newest and best shades. And I want to tell you about our guys over at Chi-Town Custom Cornhole, the number one cornhole provider for Chicagoland and Illinois since 2007. 
Their signature box style design can be digitally printed, covered in vinyl and painted. Their cornhole boards come with built-in drink holders, recessed in on the back, LEDs that light up the hole and exterior and handles for easy carrying and handcrafted scorekeepers. They're veteran owned and operated. They can ship anywhere and offer local pickups, specializing in corporate designs for your company's next marketing or social event, wedding gifts and gifts for all occasions, and especially for tailgaters and backyard barbecues. So go check out their website, chitowncornhole.com and make sure to follow them on Instagram at Chi-Town Custom Cornhole Boards. All right, let's keep this train rolling, and we're going to, I don't know, have a free agent signing game. I didn't come up with anything better over the couple minutes that we were doing the ad reads. I really, really tried. So pretty much we're going to do three rounds, three positions of need. I'm going to give you the resumes of two players at these positions, and you tell me who you would sign just purely off the resume, and then we're going to unveil who these players are. All right, so round one, we're going to go wide receiver and I'll let Steven, our producer, throw up the first one. So we have a 26-year-old wide receiver who's 6'1", 215. He was a second-round pick in 2017. He ran a 4'5", 4'40". He's made one Pro Bowl in his six seasons, 401 career catches, 30 career touchdowns, three seasons of 78 or more catches, four seasons of at least 831 yards receiving, and he also has 23 postseason catches and two touchdowns in the playoffs. Uh, and then we'll go on to player number two. He's another 26-year-old wide receiver, but he's a little bit bigger, 6'4", a little bit leaner, 198. Another second-round pick. He ran a 4'3", 4'40". He's also made one Pro Bowl, but his career catches goes down at 177. He has 18 career touchdowns, two seasons of 53 more catches, and three seasons of at least 502 receiving yards. So not that as productive as player number one. Are you guys able to kind of stick around and play along with all of that here today? I know, Greg, I wanted to make sure we had graphics because oh, hearing all of that, I know, can make my brain. I mean, it makes my head swim. Just, it makes your brain hurt. I, I just had a brain freeze. Um, <laughs> I mean, on his, the first guy obviously has the better production, so you'd want to go with him, right? I think the interesting aspect is what offenses were each player playing for. That, that, mm. That's the context. Because if we're talking about who we're going to mm. sign – Who's coming from what offense? I mean, one could be more talented than the other, but the other's having, you know, a, some schmo, uh, you know, backup, th- you know, third string thrown to him. And the first guy's got Patrick Mahomes thrown to him, you know? Uh, so I, I find that interesting. And then also, then you're also considering cost. Uh, but mm-hmm. if we're just going to go off the stats alone, obviously uh, wide receiver one is the guy you'd want production, right? And th- mm-hmm. those are numbers that would rival a guy like Chase Claypool, you know, over, 830 yards and you know uh the touchdown 30 what is it 30 touchdowns or something like that you said so i mean Mm -hmm. that's that's what you'd want right so yeah four seasons of 831 yards receiving that's chase claypool type um you know numbers in his first. well i'm also seeing greg like the second wide receiver is significantly faster than our first Mm -hmm. guy four three forty time like that's top end burner speed where you're Defenses have to account for that. So I know the other guy has more production and he's at six, four, two. Oh, um, who, who are these people? Who are these guys? Well, <laughs> like, I was people? trying to trying to like think 2017, 2018 vote the second round. Oh, God, I am like, I'm blanking. 
I'm you're blanking, blanking, but you choose one, and then uh, we can unveil them. Yeah, each. yeah. Um, I, I would actually. I'm going. I'll go wide receiver too. All right. So we have a number one and number two. One, number so, two. Greg, you just bought. You just bought Juju Smith Schuster. Uh, okay. Nice. I won't hit it. I mean, but he's going to cost a lot. That's yeah. the trick. Yeah. You know? uh, I think Gary. Yeah, Gary might be right here. Is the other one Shark? Who is the other one Shark? And no. it is. Wow, good job. Good job. Gary is on it. <laughs> Gary's on it today. He is he is on fire. And I think again, I know a lot of people are saying in the chat, like these are two wide receiver twos. These are two receivers that the mm-hmm. Bears won't sign. This is a just a game to get used to the free agency class. And B, it puts a good light on who's available. And it's not a great class. And it goes back to like why we traded for Trace Claypool earlier, why the Bears may want to look for a trade and also look for a receiver in the draft. It's a good exercise that can, I guess, help out in a lot of different ways. But we're going to move on to another position of need, which is offensive tackle. I think we all would like to get a new tackle in town here. So the very first player up here is a 28-year-old. He's 6'8", 310, first-round pick. Zero Pro Bowls, 149 pressures allowed, as well as 24 sacks. He's had 27 career penalties. 12 of those are holding in that 69 regular season games. Nick? <laughs> nice. There you go. And he's also ranked 43rd in PFS pass blocking grade, and he was 20th in run blocking in 2022. Again, PFF grades taken with a grain of salt, which is a good way to at least quantify some of these players. So that's player number one. Take some notes. And then player number two, he's a little bit younger. He's 26. Uh, he's 6'8", 363. He was a third-round pick in 2018. He's made four Pro Bowler, Pro Bowls. Uh, he's allowed 161 pressures and 16 sacks, 20 career penalties, seven holding and 81 career games. So he's younger with more experience and four Pro Bowls. And he ranks 16th in PFS pass blocking grade. And he also had a grade that ranked out at 24th for run blocking. Oh, All the right. second guy. We need pass blockers. Yep. You know, they proved they could run the ball last year. I know Justin helped skew those stats, but even when they were running with our running backs who are well debated, I you know, All we right. need we need pass blockers. So I'm going with um bachelor number two. I like it. You yeah. said it with your whole chest, you're you were convicted, you didn't have to even think about it, you just knew I looked at those passing grades, so I'm taking the guy that has the higher passing grade. I know the first guy, though, has significantly improved since he got into the league and is now still in the playoffs like the other guy, mm. number two. One plays in the NFC, one plays in the AFC, and one of the players Gary absolutely hates. It would be number the player number two. Uh, I, You know what? I've been, I've been you know, uh, I've said this before. I do like Mike McGlinchey. Um, I know he got tossed, absolutely tossed by Michael Parsons, which is, it was like Khalil Mack-esque. How he right. did it too with the one hand and just yeah. said, get off me. Um, but he has improved. And if the Bears can can land a guy like that, it does improve the offensive line. So I'm gonna stick with Mike McGlinchey here. But I'm going well, I don't know. I don't, I don't know who you're talking about. I just know offensive lineman one and offensive tackle number two there, Nick. I don't know what he's about. going Gary these, on you. Who are these names? No, but Gary, I I think he I the height and weight. I'm like, I know exactly who no, yeah. You know exactly who this is. That's a mask singer reference for those at home. Uh, but yeah, number one, uh, the number one person that we're talking about here at Offensive Tackle, congratulations, Mike McGlinchey. No shocker there. And then number two, Nick, you alluded to it, would be Orlando Brown Jr. Uh, those are the two These players. graphics are really cool. Uh, the the, the yeah, player awesome. appears. 
Shout yeah. out to Steven. I like Dude, it. Steven's a badass. Like, I, I expected nothing less than badassery nice. from these graphics when I put in a request a few hours Yeah, I forgot ago. to put the names in, though. I was looking at that. Like, I forgot <laughs> to do that. That's like one of those hard on things you. I so should have done. pretty cool. I like this. <laughs> Thanks, though. Um, I saw so, Gary asking, why not Ben Powers? We'll get there. We're just doing well, two guys. And I think and it's we're funny with our... Orlando Brown because, you know, from the people that I guess are paying close attention to this while they're watching the games over the weekends, I'm not going to pretend like I'm locked into the offensive line play, even though maybe I should be just as a Bears fan and knowing that we're looking at guys like Orlando Brown. I just find it funny that everybody's like, they watch one game. It's like Jalen Carter in the national championship. Mm-hmm. You watch one game of this guy, not accusing fans of not having seen these guys in other games or watching tape on their own, but I know I don't. So I'm just maybe just speaking for myself and projecting a little here. People watch one game. And like, no, he's, he's terrible. I don't want him. Dude. The, the as bad as our offensive line was last year, the guys that come in next year, even if they are just halfway decent, are going to feel like gods to us because of <laughs> yep. how bad we were at pass blocking last year. We just need competent offensive line play. Now, of course, you know, when you're talking about a guy like either of these guys, you're talking about potentially breaking the bank. So that's where then expectations come into play, mm-hmm. you know? So, I understand that aspect of it, but man, I just find it funny how people write off guys when our offensive line is terrible. We would kill to have some of these guys on our team. Yes. Yes, we would. All right. Last round here. We're going to go defensive tackle. So we're looking specifically at tackle, not defensive line uh, in general. So here is our first player. He's a 25 year old player. He's six foot three, three twenty. It was a first round pick in 2018. Hasn't made it to a pro bowl. Uh, but he's had 291 tackles, 26 sacks, 40 tackles for a loss, 55 quarterback hits throughout his entire career. He has the ninth most pressures this season at the position at 49 and the fourth most sacks at 12. He's 13th in tackles at 41. And then he has a pass rush productivity score uh, that ranks 14th at the position, which is a combination of sacks, pressures, quarterback hits and quarterback hurries based off of per snap basis. So he ranks 14th at his position there. Okay. And then if we go to the second player, he's one years older. He's 26 years old. He's 6'3", 281, a third round pick in 2019, who also has made zero Pro Bowls, 133 combined tackles, 22 sacks, 28 for loss, and 38 quarterback hits. And then this season, 11th most pressures at the position with 45, 13th at sacks with seven, 42nd in tackles at 27 and his past rush productivity score is 11th, uh, which was higher than the previous person, by the way, just want to point that out. And then his past rush grade was 39th and he was 118th against a run. Did we have something against a run for the first player? Cause if not, I need to make sure I say that. So the first player was 26 against the pass, but 169th against the run, which is a huge disparity, by the way. Just want to throw that one out there. Uh, but both were in the 100s against the run, so they're more pass rushers than they are run stoppers, just for quantification purposes. But was there a player that stood out to you guys that you would want over the other? I'm leaning towards contestant number one for, for the defensive, the interior defensive lineman. Um, the sack, and I look at 2022 as being the most sacks in his career there, too, with the 12 that that you had there in the graphic. Um, I'm leaning that way, Greg. What about you? Yeah, I'm going bachelor number one. That's who I'm giving the rose to. All right. Well, you guys are bringing the pain to Chicago there, Mm -hmm. which I'm sure you guys both, again, 
caught on that one. Wasn't trying to fool you guys. Just wanted to at least have a little ambiguity. Ambiguity. There you go. Look at me. Perfect. Uh, Got it. Yeah. Uh, for a few <laughs> moments here on the show. And then the last player, the second one that you didn't pick, but I would not be surprised to see if the Bears went this way for more of a budget-friendly option because he didn't play as many snaps. He did miss, I think, four games, the last four games of the season due to injury too, which would have been a probably a good note that I should have put on the graphic and I just have here in my notes. Uh, but that is uh, Draymond Jones from Denver. So we can talk to our buds over at you know DNVR to learn more mm-hmm. about Jones. These guys um, in the chat are all over it. I wonder what the tells are. Is it the height and weight? Is that what gives it away if you just throw that in Google real quick? I'm trying to figure that out. And maybe the, I mean, you just look up defense alignment 2018 draft, second round or something. Mm. You might see something like that. Is that what you're doing? Are you accusing our chat of cheating, Nick? Hey, I mean. I would never. I would never chat. Nick thinks you guys are doing this in bad faith. I believe in you, chat. I was just saying, if I was in the chat, that's what I would do. (laughs) <laughs> Gary says he and who's available. Laureates in the chat, they know. <laughs> I, I trust Gary. Gary's always on top of his stuff. He, he really is. All right, we got one more segment. We got to fly here, guys. So before we get to that, uh, I want to share this message from our friends over at DraftKings. Four NFL teams, two conference championship games, and only a few more shots to win big on the playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Not a new customer? You can feel the conference championship thrills with stepped-up same-game parlays. Take your shot and it at an even bigger NFL payout and boost your winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. Man, just watch these games, like both of them, uh, and throughout the week. I know Nick and I, maybe we'll talk some you know bets on Friday. Oh, wait, I won't be here on Friday. I got ahead of myself. Never mind. <laughs> Forgot about that. I have plans. But anyway, the, both these games uh, are really, really big here. And of course, uh, I'm just excited to have another shot at a couple of same game parlays. I've hit two decent ones in back to back weekends. I'm going for three in a row here in the championship round. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use code CHGO. New customers can bet $5 on the conference championships and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And I have to tell everybody about FOCO. Chicago, you've already got the best coverage for your favorite team, so get fitted out in the best sports gear around. FOCO's got you covered from Soldier Field to the front room, north or south side with hoodies, slippers, Signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. Get decked out like Damar with apparel from the leader in sports merch and collectibles, FOCO. If you're looking for the perfect gift for the football fan in your life, FOCO's got you covered with hoodies to fight that Lake Michigan breeze. Check out FOCO.com or click the link in the description below for all non-presale items. Use promo code CHGO for 10% off. All right, if you haven't yet and you're watching, number one, Hit that thumbs up. Let's have that number go up here before this episode is concluded. And number two, I just saw this in our uh, comments. We're only 10 subs away from 24,000 subscribers. So please hit that subscribe button if you love our Bears content. Heck, if you're just here and you love all the other teams, all the other people that we have here at Mm -hmm. CHGO, all the hard work and the content they do, and you haven't yet, definitely subscribe to this channel. It's awesome that we're almost to 24,000 thousand subscribers all right guys this final segment tonight i have a name for it i'm calling it 
Polls goals. What do you know? We got something here. So I just wanted, as we're still kind of embarking on the beginning of this offseason, and again, in many ways it started, but in many ways it hasn't officially begun because the NFL season is still going. But as we go through the offseason and we get our like mindset, I guess, kind of framed, what should be one or two main priorities or goals for GM Ryan Poles? And Nick, I'll go to you first for your goals this offseason. Yeah, number one for me is don't create more holes on this roster than there already are. And when I'm I'm looking to like the running back discussion that we were just talking about, let's say Ryan Poles doesn't want to go sign a Saquon Barkley. And I know t- Tony Pollard obviously broke his leg, but like let's say he doesn't want to go that route. And David Montgomery's there for you. You have the discussion. The money's not terrible where you're going to overpay for him. Like this running back tandem obviously works right? With Khalil Herbert, David Montgomery, and Justin Fields. So don't create something, another hole for you than you already have. So that's goal number one for me with Ryan Poles. And number two, add talented defensive line. We just talked about it. And add talented defensive line men. When you look at this NFC Championship game, the NFC Championship, you see the Eagles and you see the 49ers. Yes, they have studs on that defensive line, a dude on each one of those lines. But they also have multiple guys that can rush the passer. And if you only come out with this draft or this free agency class with one guy on the defensive line that is a proven, talented player, I don't I don't like that. You need to add multiple guys. If you're going to double dip at defensive line, I'm perfectly fine with that if I'm Ryan Pold because you need to have a fluctuation of people that can go in and out in waves to kind of go after the quarterback. I like it. I think those are two excellent goals here. D- Greg, do you want to address Mub's comment to make sure you, he knows that, or Mubb they know say? that you're Mub said what the WTF is CHO's obsession with David Montgomery? And then I figured he missed, he must have <laughs> missed your missed rant the, earlier about that. Maybe you missed my ranting about how he's overrated. But at the same time, I'm going to uh, go hey, ahead. Frank, you tried trading him a while back. Remember that? I, trade that I tried show? to trade him. Yeah. I'm now I mean, you're trying to do everything overrated. you can. I'm to get literally rid of the guy. doing everything I can to disparage one of the most popular. Bears players in Chicago, which is a real, real uh, heel turn by me. Uh, but at the same time, <laughs> that's how I feel. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to be honest, even if I'm wrong. No problem being wrong. Uh, but at the same time, I agree with Nick. It just depends on the price. I'd have no problem bringing David Montgomery back, even if it means I got to listen to Hogue harass me all of next year about it. But at the same time, for the right price, if it's $10 million, mm-hmm. I'd rather move up and, and get Saquon. Let's get, let's get nuts. Let's get a playmaker in here. Even if it's at running back, that would be amazing, but I have no problem keeping him in house and keeping the running back room what it is at the right price. And uh smarter minds than me can figure all that out. My two things that polls must do. We all know about the offensive line and defensive line. Those go without saying, but I'm, I tried to think outside the box for this um, little segment wide receiver. I know some people are going to say, well, well, that's obvious. No, I'm hearing plenty of people saying that they shouldn't trade for one that they shouldn't trade back in the first round and their first pick shouldn't be a wide receiver. It still should. No, they need talent. They need playmakers on this offense. Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool are very good wide receivers. It's not enough. If either one of those guys get hurt and both of them got hurt this season, now our depth chart at the wide receiver room is exactly what it is next year as it was this year. I have no interest in just trusting those two guys and then another third round wide receiver who your expectations should not be that high for in the third round. 
I need premier guys at that position. Whether we trade for one that's proven vet like DeAndre Hopkins or Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, whatever, or you go and you trade back from the first pick in the draft and you end up drafting one with that first pick at 9, 12, whatever, or at the early second round. I need premier talent at that position to not only bring more weapons for Justin, to put, but to push that depth chart down, to make guys yes. like Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool that much more valuable, to make Valus Jones an effective gadget role player that you get in the third round that makes sense on this team. He made no sense for what the Bears' needs were last year. He'd make a lot more sense next year if we had a filled-out room that actually had some respectability. So don't lull yourself, Ryan Poles, into thinking, ah, well, we scored 30 points a game when everybody was healthy. No, Justin Fields scored you 30 points a game. Get your playmakers in here, no matter what you can do, and especially at the wide receiver position. Make that room respectable. My second guy, and I'll go real quick with this, I really like Devin Witherspoon, the cornerback from Illinois. I'm not a huge draft guru. You're not going to see many mock drafts from me. Definitely going to dive deep with what we're doing here at CHGO and do my best. But I can only go off of the players that I've seen personally at this point, and I have watched Devin Witherspoon play. This dude is a player. And there's no guarantees, as good as Jalen Johnson is, we might run into a Roquan Smith situation where we're not willing to pay him what he deserves. Or, you know, there may be some kind of struggle when it comes to that. So you got to have a contingency plan to pair up with Kyler Gordon and this rising secondary. Devin Witherspoon is a playmaker and a hard hitter sticks his nose in there, can get in the backfield and get a guy down. He really impressed me in the games that I saw this year. Uh, So I'm looking at Devin Witherspoon. If he's available somewhere in the early or somewhere around the second round, I I don't know where he's going. So that's I'll preface that by saying at this point, I have no idea where people project Devin Witherspoon, but it'd be really nice if he was there at the end of the second round, early third, but maybe I'm sounding like an idiot. No, <laughs> I, I just uh, don't know where he's going. I saw one person put a mock draft and they had him in the first round and I didn't really think he was anywhere near the first round, but we've got two months for people to get hyped up. So you just never know what that stuff. It's a roller coaster ride, Greg. You're going to see yeah. the players go up and down and really every direction. You guys had, had like a lot of really good goals. I think here uh, for the bears this off season. I know Nikki talked about, you know, beefing up the trenches, which I think on both sides of the ball is an obvious need for the Bears for Ryan Poles. Not only do you need to find, you know, dudes on the defensive line, you need to find protection for Justin Fields. I had two separate goals that kind of, I guess, emphasize that. Uh, but one of them that I had that you guys haven't really hit on is that I really want to hit on these draft trades. So we have that first overall pick. If you hit on it correctly, and we talked about it, you can have there's a good chance you can walk out with your own, including you can have three first round picks in 2024. Like there's a legitimate chance you can walk away with this draft knowing you have your own, you have the Texans and maybe you have the Colts all next season. And that would be huge for the bears because you don't have to choose a player with all three. You can use one or two of those first, but you can go make a huge splash in the trade market for a wide receiver one, uh, someone that maybe had a sign like a franchise tag, or I can be a long-term player at this team because of a cap situation. Go out there, trade them. Don't even worry about the free agency market. You can kind of bypass it that way. So for me, my goal 
to like put a title on it would be set yourself up for future success in the off season to 2024 with extra draft capital. Uh, because again, that gives you so much leverage, so much flexibility. And we want the bears to take a huge step in 2023. But if you can set yourself up for coupling that huge step forward with another off season that you just have your rich and this time, maybe it's a little bit more draft capital than it is like free agency money to go spend an actual cap space then you really can probably put the, you know, the cherry on the, you know, the Sunday here and 2024 become a magical season here for the bears. So a little bit more like a long-term approach, um, but you guys hit on some of the other good ones. And like Greg, just kind of want to think uh, outside of the box here uh, a little bit, but uh, I think you guys had some really good goals too. And I just want to thank you both for another awesome hour talking bears football on this monday night it's our first one without like a game going on on monday night we've had it all year they had the one last week for the wild card round mm -hmm. and there's no football on tonight i don't know what to do it's dwindling down you guys once uh the season's over with we're gonna obviously be missed where well, i'm already missing kind of i think i'm missing bears football but once the super bowl happens like no but we have a bunch of draft coverage that you're gonna want to tune in to chgo for to get caught up with all the all the potential prospects that the Bears can draft, but yeah, it's dwindling down. Absolutely. And it, and if you really are looking for a change of pace, you can watch my Purdue Boilermakers dominate the <laughs> Big Ten. I'm I'm just throwing it out there as a suggestion for my Iowa fans and my IU fans. They're pretty good. Yeah. Can we mute him, Steven? Boop. Right off of the screen. Get out of here with that. But no, you're right. You guys are playing. You're playing very We're good. And there, there's no there's no denying that, but I'm going to call that an episode so we can move on to our Bulls show here later on for the post-game show. And, uh, of course, want to respect all of our team at CHGO. So I want to thank everyone. If you haven't yet, again, like this video. I'm going to put my thumbs up, like my actual physical thumbs up here on the screen. Subscribe to this channel if you haven't yet. Let's hit 24,000 subscribers here in CHGO. Become a diehard. Go to allchgo.com slash diehard. Learn about all the benefits, including 20% off merch all the time, including our sales, 20% off all of our takeover events, our tailgate events. So many great benefits becoming a diehard. Head over to allchgo.com and join our membership program today. And I just want to say thanks again for tuning in. I am now out for the week in terms of being on the show. Uh, I will be in the background the rest of the week, but I won't be on Friday. But I appreciate you all. You guys have a good week talking Bears. Can't wait to catch up next Monday night. But until then, Bear Down Chicago. <laughs>